welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, we have a special guest. This is my girl. She is a stylist, an esthetician instructor, and she also is the co-host with her husband of the radio talk show, What's Eating You? It gives me great privilege to introduce to you my girl, the one and only Courtney Owens. How did you start in the beauty industry? It's actually kind of a revelation for me. And I say that because I started doing hair probably when I was around maybe 13 or 14. And the only reason I started doing my own hair was because, well, I was a little chubby, (laughs) if you will. I had had a curl. And so all growing up, my hair was short. I just remember one, I had to sit on the bus with three other girls that had a curl because the lady only wanted to clean one seat and one window. We sat together on the bus. We all three had curls. But I remember since mine was short and see my hair grows like this, it don't grow down, it grows out. So I was teased and talked about all the time just for having short hair. I started doing my hair once I had relaxed it and all. People started complimenting my hair. Oh, God, your hair looks really cute. And so I liked the feeling of getting compliments. And that's what made me start to do my hair often. So I got to where I was doing it every three days or so. I don't think consciously I noticed at the time that the compliments lifted my self-esteem. I At the time, I just like switching my hairstyles and everybody be like, oh my God, you changed your hair again, you know? And so as I got older and began to do other people's hair, I noticed that women would come in and, you know, they walk in a certain way and their energy would be a certain way and they would talk to you. And by the end of every client, they walk different, they talk different. They just had a confidence, the energy in the room was different. I started attributing that to just whatever was in my hands. Cause I remember I always prayed before I did their hair. My clients didn't know this cause I wasn't a prayer. So I had to say this real quick, I'm behind them. They mm. never faced the mirror. So, you know, they wouldn't see me say this prayer but I'd always, you know, just ask God to make them happy with whatever I do to them. Once I started seeing that, I love the way a woman's self-esteem and energy was once I was done with her hair. And that was ultimately drew my love and passion for the industry. And over the years, it wasn't till probably a couple of years ago when a lady asked me to write a short bio about myself is when I really started thinking about it. And it hit me that I admire people that are able to impact other people's lives in a positive way. And I had been doing that all my life with this gift I had, but I didn't realize it. I'm admiring all these other people the whole time I have that gift. And it was just, I remember writing the bio, I'm crying the whole time because that was the first time I realized that I was able to give myself something by giving it away to other people. As a fellow past co-worker, 
and client, <laughs> I can say that I was crushed when you moved. I'm yeah. like, who yeah. is going to burn my neck? No. <laughs> or your ear. Wait a minute. <laughs> or, or spray setting in my eye and maybe temporarily blind. But the end result was always the always bomb. beautiful. Always beautiful. Actually, oh. I remember you saying that's how you knew you was going to be cute. Is if halfway through you got burnt, <laughs> which is sad. If, if I got pain somewhere in that session, then I was like, oh, this is going to be huge. This is going to be hot. Yes. I'm going to smell myself. <laughs> Butter. <laughs> I swear. I swear. I guess I figured since some of the hair wasn't real, then the, that part of the neck could have been fake, too. Right, that's plastic, too. <laughs> She won't feel this. Burn you like a mannequin. <laughs> you plastic. <laughs> and it will be the laugh of my pain that will crack me up. I swear. It, I don't know. You know how you burn somebody. You're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. No. Right. It was always like, a, well, you should have been sitting still. Or, well, you got short hair. You know, don't be yeah, surprised. Blame, you don't blame them. You don't yeah. blame me for, my, for your yeah. burning. And I'm not blaming it on the steam. And no. no, you and got you did, burnt. And you did not like grease, so it wasn't grease. Oh no, there was no steam. No, it was simply the conversation was so good. You was trying to be Eddie Murphy, and well, <laughs> you got burnt. <laughs> Calm down in the chair. You know, stylus is the worst client. <laughs> oh my God, that was, was a comedy yeah. show every freaking weekend it was. between. Me, you, and Michael, <laughs> there was no stopping. And I honestly think that a lot of those clients came for the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They for sure. They get because... their style, but they came for the show. All the time. I swear. We should have had a camera then. Oh, my God. If, recording if there was, if there was Facebook Live then, oh, we would have been a hit. Yeah. That's crazy. Because <laughs> it was funny. Oh, man, that was good times. But yeah, so now I didn't actually got into um, doing aesthetics. So I, I started out as a student instructor about two years ago and then went into an actual instructor. In the beginning, it was interesting because, <laughs> well, you know, when you're on the other side of aesthetics and you're in Cosmo, Cosmo is always so live and so fun mm -hmm. and so much noise. Mm -hmm. And aesthetic students, they just never seem to say anything. They're just all very quiet. Well, that's not really the reality of the classroom for real, but it's it's interesting. I actually do have a love now for skincare as well. And it's not really all that different from skin. I mean, from hair, it's not really that different. It's some of the same little intermatrix and a lot of it is really the same. What I do like about aesthetics more than Cosmo is the relaxation factor. I like the fact that the clients can't say anything. Clients don't relax because they're doing so much talking. You're here to let me provide a service and relax. But a no. lot of times they can't do it because it's a comedy show going on and we show it out. Therapist. 
Exactly. Yeah. I know more than your husband knows and all of that. <laughs> it cracks me up how a bartender and a stylist are instant psychiatrists. You can be a totally screwed up individual, but if you can style hair, you're a counselor qualified. <laughs> yes. Let's, we're going to have a prayer session right now. <laughs> hey, how you know I'm a believer? Come on now. <laughs> but they will do it. Honey, your hands is anointed. Why you, what? So since the clients are typically not saying anything, you got your spa music on and I can get in a zone and really, really just enjoy the service. So that's really just the difference. But I, 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 I love doing the voice. When you're doing the massage, are you going, all right, now I'm going to touch your face? No. You're not not doing that voice? Absolutely not. (laughs) Now, what I am trying to do, I do try to talk soft because you you hear my voice, right? Always excited. I'm always Mm -hmm. on 10. On 10, always. Zero to 100 real, real quick. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, I have to focus on that and talk in a soft voice. But mm-hmm. I'm not ever in there with phone sex operator voice like, yes, I'm going to touch you at your temple. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's already a lot of moaning and groaning going on. So I'm trying to remind them that you are on a facial table. You are not actually in the bed. And it's uncomfortable for me to be exfoliating your elbow. And you talking about, oh, yes. Oh, yes. I ain't never had this done. I'm like, uh, and it's about to come to an abrupt end. About to stop on today. Exactly. (laughs) I feel (laughs) real violated. (laughs) Now, what made you get into the whole health and fitness industry, though? Oh, wow. Back in the day, I wasn't ever, like, serious about health and fitness. I mean, you know, I like to look nice, but since I had a few natural curves, I was kind of good for most of my adult life. What was crazy was it was when we all worked together and Michael was working with us. I think I was at Penny's five years. So from 25, I remember coming up on 30 and this fool said to me one day, Miss Courtney, you know, I know you eat like this now, but if you keep eating like this, when you 30, you're not going to have that cute little shape you got. (laughs) And I was like... (laughs) I love Mr. Michael. <laughs> right. And I was like, really? And he was like, uh-uh. No, because your metabolism slows down. And and I'd be up to that point, you know, I had never paid no attention. And when I started paying attention, I was like, ooh, hmm. That's what we don't want. I think I start doing a little light working out or whatever. But I got really serious about it once I moved to Dallas and had a third baby at 35 years old. Oh my God. It was almost like every day I heard what he said. I was like, oh my goodness. I'm having a baby. I'm 35 years old when I delivered her. I'm like, I'm going to have a mom bod. It's official. I'm going to have a mom bod. And I was terrified. I was terrified. And in, in Dallas, you don't, it's, I mean, it's some of that. Because, you know, everything's bigger in Texas. So everything's bigger in Texas. I mean, there's a lot of wellness and fitness and reflexology Mm. and just anything spa related. 
you know? So after I had her, I was like, I remember saying to myself, I'm not going to get back the way I was. I'm going to look 10 times better. Remember, I started going to the gym twice a day, 7 a.m., 7 p.m. I started uh, 14 days after I delivered her. This is year three now. (laughs) Obviously, I don't do it twice a day anymore. Now, I just pretty much maintain it. And I don't know. I just grew to love it. I love the adrenaline. I mean, I still have the same every day. I don't necessarily feel like going. When I get up, no, I don't necessarily want to do this. But once I'm done, I'm always glad I went. And I just figured out ways to do it at home or, you know, not need the weight room. And then that got me into doing my <laughs> my YouTube channel, The Woman Warrior Fitness Journey, was because once I seen what I could do, I tried to share with other mothers, maybe new mothers or, you know, whatever that would always say, you know, I don't have time to work out. I'm thinking, well, you know, I don't have the money for a gym membership. You don't really need all of that. So ways of working out when I was at home or in the gym that was where I, in my apartments where, you know, it's not too much equipment, but I would kind of show you all that you could still do, you know, without paying for a gym membership. So it just kind of took off from there. And then I got into a few like endorsements with some workout clothes and doing just a few like affiliate programs. So just to kind of bring in some extra money. So I still do that from time to time. I mean, it's hard to get a selfie and workout clothes (laughs) when you actually work out, you know, I mean, it's pretty easy when you're just in the gym with a new outfit on taking a picture. But when you're working out, I usually forget to take the selfie. Then I kind of started doing some deeper research and, you know, just got into vitamins and just a whole lot of stuff I never really cared to pay attention to. So it kind of all went hand in hand. And, you know, then after about, I've been in Dallas five years total, but after about three years of me being here, I kind of just stopped being me and just was really committed to having a healthier lifestyle, you know, just tired of seeing people just dying and, you know, just unhealthy and unhappy and negative and I'm just like oh my god I don't want to be that that's my motivation I don't want to be there okay you gotta tell me how you stop eating meat oh my god well I was a meat eater but in fairness I wasn't a lover of meat um I had a few key items I really really liked I really liked chicken and I can do chicken in all forms it really didn't even matter um fish um would be second I wasn't really a beef fan that was I wasn't really a beef fan maybe in small crumbles hot dogs I didn't get into that um but I did like ribs and bacon so like I remember driving the school bus I made me a bacon sandwich every morning bacon and egg sandwich every morning I first started out just um one I I noticed that if I made a taco salad, I could eat almost anything in the salad. And every time, meat would be at the bottom of the bowl. When I ate my hamburgers, they had to be very thin, which is why I like steak and shake a lot. I didn't get into the quarter pound. I didn't want the thick burger. I wasn't a steak eater because of just the dead size of the meat. When I ate hot dogs, I'd have to split them in half on the bun. I've been doing that since I was a kid because I just didn't want the whole hot dog. 
I just started to pay more attention to it. So once I was here in Dallas, I remember um, just getting some things that didn't have meat on them and then cooking a couple meals a week uh, that didn't contain meat. And mm-hmm. I was good with it. My husband had, uh, he had questions because he was raised in the typical home where you have, you know, three course meal of meat, some side. Right. And right. so he had a couple questions, but um, I mean, the kids pretty much adapt. I just uh, noticed the difference in how I felt, all the energy I had and everything I was able to do and how I was never sick, ever. I just started to kind of do a little research. And then once I began to make the correlation between eating clean and feeling a certain way and not having to go to the doctor, not needing meds, and I just, it was just a no-brainer for me. And when I first did it, it was almost like a challenge to myself. Mm-hmm. I always like to give myself a challenge because, I mean, I've done the Daniel fast. I've done all kinds of fasts throughout the years with my family. And typically when I'm pregnant, I can't eat meat. The smell of it makes me nauseous. So mm-hmm. once I had my third baby and it didn't make me nauseous, that's what made me think mm-hmm. she was boy. Cause I had, I didn't eat meat with my other two children when I was pregnant. I, it just, it wouldn't really sit well with me. So it started as a challenge. Like how many, how long could I do it? I just love the discipline of it. It, it reminded me of working out because a lot of working out isn't that you get up cause you feel like going It's mental. I mentally would convince myself, oh, you love this. You're getting ready to kill this. This is going to be great. And it was the same way when I stopped eating meat. I just, it cold turkey. I didn't wean myself off. No. One day I fixed the taco salad with meat, and the next day I never ate any meat again. But I think I love the discipline of that because you have to eat. You have to eat. To eat to live. So every day, at different times of the day, I had to consciously make the decision not to do it. And if I could have that kind of mind control over something I had to do to live, then there was nothing that I could tell myself that I can't stop or start doing because it was the same. I could be on the treadmill. My legs are telling me, We're, you're about to collapse. But mentally, if my mind says, no, you're not, you don't even feel your legs anymore. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. I could literally keep going in a state of no return when it was over, but I would <laughs> always, I love the testing of my mind and just seeing how strong your mind can be when your body is not even, is given out and you can mentally control everything just with your mindset. I loved it. So every day I did it and then it just got to a point where I didn't even think about it. Once I told my husband, I was like, hey, I don't want to make you do anything you don't want to do, but I'm not going to have something that I feel is too good for me to put in my body and feed it to my children. Mm-hmm. And so once I decided that they wouldn't eat it, then it was, it was, you know, lead by example at that point. So, so is he vegan too? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent or hundred percent. He does no meat at all. He's actually worse than me now. He's nuts. He has went from not, he didn't never say anything negative about it. He just didn't see the importance of it. And Mm -hmm. once he actually stops, yeah. Now, I mean, like sometimes I see him just just going in on his feed. I'm like, I need you to remember 
where you were at one point. <laughs> you were eating a Big Mac just a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't understand what it was about a meal that I wanted with no meat in it. You didn't think it would be good, but we would go out to dinner and we would order our food and he would taste my food and he would, and he eventually said, your food always tastes better than mine. And I'm like, that's because the only reason what you're eating tastes good is because they put everything I'm eating on your burger. So tell me about you and your husband's radio show. What's it called? The show is called What's Eating You? Which that was, it was crazy how we came up with the name. We were actually out to eat. We were just coming up with different little things that, you know, would be catchy. But we knew mm-hmm. with the radio show that we didn't want to just talk about food. You know, so what's eating you was sort of brilliant because it was sort of a play on words because it can be what's eating you mentally, what's eating right. you physically or, you know, so it, it can be viewed so many ways. So that's why we went with the title and it's a great show. I mean, we we just we talk about everyday real issues. Um, a lot of our topics are focused on a lot about the black family and how we need to begin to build wealth and seriously look into other industries to really grab hold of that are outside of your typical nine to five job. So trying to just open people's mind to that, you know, there's other industries out here that will bring you residual income. So you are not trading time for money and not able to build wealth and, we talk, we go over, you know, just things with your family, family issues. Uh, our last show was over spanking. Since we've had our last baby, we don't, um, we just don't um, punish the kids physically like that. You know, they'll get grounded or we'll take the phone or something like that. But just as far as spankings, no, we just decided we're not going to do that. So that show was basically about, you know, the audience's ideas and thoughts and and what they thought about that. And we got a lot of good feedback, uh, you know, and it generated a lot of conversation about people questioning whether that's that's the thing to do, you know, because we do a lot of things in our culture out of habit and, and, and just tradition. Is there a subject on your show that you've been reluctant to talk about? Me? No. I really think just about anything is fair game. Again, I'm not the only one on the show. <laughs> and I'm also not the producer of the show. So, you know, I still try to be respectful of the fact that everybody's not ready at the same time. Maybe I have to ease into it, you know? <laughs> okay. So give me an example of a subject you brought to the table and they was like, Courtney, no. Um... Well, I haven't actually brought it to the table and, and mainly that's only because of it's a, it's a touchy subject. If you've dealt with it personally, you know, it could kind of, it it can get kind of sketchy. And the subject is pornography and masturbation, but it has mental and and physical and psychological ramifications that are linked to things like erectile dysfunction. So between pornography, uh, masturbation, and erectile dysfunction, those are all connected. It's just a a discussion that's rarely had that that really needs to be talked about. 
the, the people that are involved in human trafficking. Um, I actually did a charity with the Sincerely You Project, and it's mm-hmm. ran by a, a lady named Samantha Morano. What she did was it was girls, young girls that had been uh, either abducted at a young age or, you know, issues with their family. But whatever the case was, they ended up being part of human trafficking rings. And a lot of times they were prostituted out. They were made to make tapes and porn videos and, you know, got minimal compensation, but have a life of, you know, torment and shame that they have to basically deal with now. So we were brought together as stylists down here in Dallas to um, give them total makeovers. So we did everything from hair to makeup to skin just everything, giving them a total makeover day. So to be able to see the girls that are involved in this and know Mm -hmm. that it's not always their choice. Yeah. I mean, you perpetuate that industry. You make a market for that when you deal in that $97 billion industry. That's one of the other sides that actually deals with the pornography. I know I've, I've seen many statistics say that around the age seven or eight is when um, the first time a young boy, especially now in the digital age, is being exposed to pornography. So you Mm -hmm. think about if you got a seven or eight year old son and he starts masturbating around seven or eight years old. It's something that deals with basically the loss of sensation. You are making it almost impossible to be able to enjoy sex outside of yourself. A lot of young boys don't realize until they're either teenagers or married men and they're still doing it. You know, when you get up in age and you're even as early as 20, you're seeing erectile dysfunction in men. Why Mm -hmm. is that? You know what I mean? And when you heard erectile dysfunction, that was always only associated with older men, you know, diabetic patients. You didn't hear 20 year old men dealing with that. To me, the mental is the most detrimental aspect of it because it can start so young. Just think about you, you're doing it often and then you have to do it more and more. You have to have more graphic images. You have it, it you know, it's like any other addiction. The, the dopamine receptors in your brain react the same way when you watch porn, the same way mm. they do when you take cocaine. It's mm. the same reaction the same sensation right this is scientific um study uh the author of it is uh her name is uh karen c andrews and it's saying that porn can actually change the brain it can change and act your behavior uh lead to sexual dysfunction like you said harm the senses of healthy sexuality See, porn stunts the ability to have meaningful and satisfying real life relationships. Uh, it teaches women that they're sexual objects. Um, it can also make you feel bad about yourself, noticeably change your everyday mood swings. It just goes on and on and on and on and on oh, and yeah. on. Oh, yeah. And so you only wow. imagine. Yeah. That's nuts. And you don't hear that. You know, if you're experiencing erectile dysfunction, take this pill, take that pill. And, you know, and it's like it's like everything else. You're putting a Band-Aid on what the issue is. And that's because this is the part of the issue nobody wants to talk about and actually say outright. Yes, masturbation 
along with pornography, is one of the leading major causes of early erectile dysfunction. Amongst all other things. I mean, that's like a huge health issue, but everything else included, mentally, spiritually, physically, whatnot, it's not a good It's just thing. a disaster. It's just yeah. a disaster. But, you yeah. know, and it's one of those things where, you know, when you're a man, it's almost something, it's like the male rite to passage. You get to do this now, you're a man, you know, and I just think it needs to be more responsibility on the parents to, one, be educated because parents don't know. This is going mm -hmm. on with people. The kids ain't even the problem yet. You know, it's, these are adults right now dealing with issues like this in their marriage. Yeah, after 18 or so years of marriage, you're going through a divorce because you were watching pornography and couldn't perform mm -hmm. for your life. I mean- it's, it's just, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. But the education is not out there because like everything else, you know, they, you kind of just want to deal with one aspect of the problem because the part of the problem you sort of like, which is... Well, I mean, let's not put it all on the yeah. men too because there's some women that's really digging that stuff too, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. And perpetuating... And a lot of women will watch with a man. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and think nothing of it. And, and I mean, we've had like conversations about it too, just to kind of get other people's opinion, you know, even, even in counseling, you hear, you know, well, you know, that certain things you can do to kind of spice up your marriage, this, that, and the other, but then, mm -hmm. you know, how do you know when it's too much, I guess is my thing. But I just think that the conversation needs to be had because I mean, it is more, of an issue than not an issue. Mm -hmm. And I know that because then why do you have all these different prescription drugs for erectile dysfunction? There's a lot of things contributing to yeah, erectile, but they, but they, but they, but they, but they don't, but they don't put all of it. Yeah, but they don't put it that, all that nobody there. wants to deal with. Yeah. That's going to expose an industry that no one wants to mess with. Well, I mean, again, it, I mean, they don't want to put it all out there. Cause I mean, my God, just think about it because you know how they promote medications on TV and then like real quick, they tell you all the side effects and, oh, yeah. and all that. But you know that there's more side effects than just the ones they just said. Exactly. I, it's, it's the same thing with anything like, you know, yeah, pollution. Yeah. It has something to do with the industries, the cars, what we spray, hair products, gasoline that we put in a car. I mean, all of it is contributing Right. To but, that problem. but they're but they're, but they're not gonna I mean if they put everything out there on the scale, oh my God. I don't think well, not only that, not only that it's, de it's detrimental to business. You know, let's just say oh, what yeah, it is. It's all about it's money. It's all money. They're not gonna fix a problem because it's not it's gonna take away from their pocket. So that means if they tell the whole story as far as um porn i mean uh erectile then that means porn that means the um medicines that means heck that means youtube yeah, that trafficking. means that means everything that i mean that's everything yeah it's, that it's a domino effect stuff. exactly it's, it's, it's a domino effect so you're just only going to address the lesser of the two evils but then here's the here's the flip side of that then but when you go to the doctor you're not going to get hey how's your diet 
let me erase some of these things uh, like the cancer causing carcinogens that you take in every day and see if that reduces your erectile function. Let's eliminate meat from your diet and see how that works for you. No, you know what? It's funny you brought that up because I've been going to the same doctor in Indy like forever. And I'll tell Marcus how he, she, she will blow me off. I would tell her this was going on. That was hurting. This hurting. And she was like, oh, it's probably just this. Take that. Oh, it's probably just this. Take that. We move here to Marion and go to his doctor. And I'm like, dude, my stomach's been bothering me. It's hurting this, that, another, blah, 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 blah. He's like, all right, let's run some tests on your organs on, on that side that is hurting. Let's get an x-ray done. Let's see what, you know, what's going on with you. Organs are fine, but why am I literally full of crap? <laughs> yeah, I can believe it. I mean, I'm like, cause I'm like, I'm working out. I don't eat that much. Why is this scale not going nowhere? Cause I'm full of crap. Yeah. Yeah. Literally full of boo boo. He, <laughs> he did. So he did give me, I found I have irritable bowel syndrome. Yep. So, okay. He he's like, cause he's like, from what you're telling me, you're eating right. You know, you don't eat crazy. You mm-hmm. exercise. None of it makes sense. So that was the bottom line of it. Yeah. I'm full of it. So he gives me something to relieve me, to keep me going. Like I'm supposed yeah. to go stomach with flat skin got clear. Yeah. Thighs shrunk in. And this was like in two weeks. I'm like, what the heck? All that. All Just because, because. And if your body is doc- normal. Yeah. Well, well, only because a doctor actually looked at the whole problem versus just covering it Trying up. Trying to give you something. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, just imagine if all med- medicine or medical doctors or whatever worked that way. Yeah. How much and healthier you- we all would be. I get it. But daggone it. Every now and again, you know, a girl need a little piece of chicken. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not really a huge meat eater, but uh I do like me a little piece of chicken, a little little scrimp. Yeah. And you know what? here's what I always say to people that say that because even my students do the same thing and they're like, Oh, Miss Courtney, I just can't go. And I'm like, I can't do, you know, I don't want, they don't want to. So that's simple. Mm-hmm. It ain't what you can't do. You don't want to. Right. And I get it. But what right. I say to that is then just reverse it. You know, instead of having 80% meat in every meal and 20% vegetables, we most people have meat with every meal. Just right. switch it around and have 80% vegetables most of the time and 20% meat some of the time you should not be consuming meat every day period you just shouldn't be consuming it every single day I think that's what begins to cause the problem because it's Mm -hmm. just it's more than your body can process to consume it and not only every day three times a day people have Mm -hmm. meat with every meal that's that's mind-boggling crazy that's like wow that's a lot of one substance you don't make sure you have fruit Every meal, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you not yeah. to judge us for our eating habits <laughs> and, and, and knowing that uh, back in the day we were at Applebee's, no, we was at Old Charlie's, so called taking a lunch break 
eating the lunch special together. <laughs> oh my God. Don't even remind me. And like, even now, see, but I think it's different vices for different people because I can rag on people that eat meat all day, but my, my vice is really sugar. You know what I mean? I love to bake. So giving up meat was probably the easiest thing I did being vegetarian. It's the, the sweets, the bacon brownies and cookies and cakes. And cause that's mm-hmm. what I really like to do. So yeah, that's one of the reasons I work out like it too, because I like the sweet. So I'm like, mm-hmm. but even with me, it would be the same way. You know what I mean? Okay, well, you can, you know, you can't act like you're eating healthy if you're eating, you know, you got vegan pancakes, right, with regular syrup on them in the morning mm-hmm. <laughs> and some fruit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then for lunch, you got this salad. You got nothing but ranch dressing all over. I mean, there is a way to still be unhealthy as a vegan or a vegetarian, too. Don't let people make you think just because they got that label that, oh, yeah, they're they're in line. No, y'all could be neck and neck in real life. <laughs> and seriously, it's very easy to eat unhealthy as a vegetarian or a vegan and still avoid meat. So, yeah, for me. It's going to be the sweets and like, dang, okay, let's, so we're not doing, we're not doing the frozen, frozen yogurt with my turtle. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say frozen yogurt is not what I would consider sweet. Now, if you just said no, a half a brownie. Oh, okay. Got you. All right. Turtle brownie, the one with the pecans and yeah, the, the caramel. The on caramel. The mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. So, yeah. You just had a moment just that quick. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just thinking about it. (laughs) Telling you, sex for the mouth. That's what it is. So, yeah. Yeah, It was funny because it was like 7.30 at night and Marcus was like, you know what sound good? I'm like, what? He was like, carrot cake. I'm like... Oh, yes. I said, so you want me to make a carrot cake right now? (laughs) He was like, I'll stay up with you. I was like, wow. <laughs> oh, oh, really? You're going to be supportive? All right. Yeah. With buttercream icing, please, ma'am. And Pretty thank much. You. So guess what? We was eating some delicious warm carrot cake around like quarter to 10. Yeah. <laughs> we're, the, we're that couple. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. That and German mm-hmm. chocolate. I had German chocolate cake for the first time uh, in 2018. What? I didn't eat it because I'm not a fan of coconuts. Right. The texture of coconuts since you have to continuously eat it after you've ate it. So I, don't, <laughs> I usually stay away from it. So I never did German chocolate cakes because it got mm-hmm. coconut in the icing. And I'm like, I ain't got time to be eating you tonight. Changed my life. Much. It was so, life changing. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, man, I'm a addict for the sweets, I swear. What do you what would you say inspires you? I think what inspires me is being uh, seeing someone, anyone that is a master at whatever craft it is that they do. I think I, I've noticed I can sit in the barbershop waiting to get my hair cut and just be amazed at the work the barbers are doing. You know, I can enjoy uh, the art gallery the same way. If I'm watching somebody paint on the street, you know how you see them doing Mm -hmm. a quick painting with chalk. And I'm just amazed. I'm just like, I love to see 
somebody's raw talent just live and in person and and they just mastered it so that's one of the things that inspires me all right last question you ready born ready jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) if you could have any song be your theme song when you walked into a room what would it be and why omg okay you would ask me this and i'm like not a music guru but um gosh okay but there i don't know this is just on the fly but there is a song that I know when <laughs> I walk the stage, I think we're going to have them play it. And um, I love this song. It's by Kendrick Lamar. Okay, mm-hmm. All the Stars. Well, that, that would be the one it would be. If I had background music, that would be it. But why? Just every time I hear the lyrics of the song, it's it's not just that they're good lyrics, but they're strong and it's true. So when you when you listen to that song, you're you're, you're like, yeah, yeah, I want the credit, whether I'm <laughs> or I'm winning. Yeah, I want it. Well, that's it. We finally did it after what? How many months? Oh my God, four. four months and three weeks i meant to call you yesterday but we talked yesterday right we're texting (laughs) each other and still didn't call you (laughs) i'm like yeah it's all good i'm flexible that's all i keep saying i always make it seem like i'm available i'm open you're like yes but you won't answer that raggedy phone of yours (laughs) right but i text you and you did not respond explain yourself (laughs) i did i did i just didn't say i just ain't sent it to you yet right i forgot (laughs) to hit send (laughs) i responded i just didn't send it to you yet it's coming it's over here go here come here come bam (laughs) (laughs) yep i'm classic for that i'm i'm one of those unreliable friends that um, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to call you back and I won't. And then I'm going to text you and never send it to the point I've talked to you and told you what I was going to say and have to go in and delete it. Yeah. That's what much. I did. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm that friend. I'm like, you know, Hey, I love you. You are in my heart and spirit and I'm praying for you, but you may not hear me for a few months. <laughs> yeah. And I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. But you are still my dude. That's all that matters. That's how it should be, though. Mm-hmm. Got a life. Got a- uh, I'm like, I have a handful, literally, of people that I know. If I got, if I got to do something, I call them, and it will be yeah. no questions. You're on the, you're on the list. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. I need some help. I call y'all. No and matter what it. it is. Okay. Now, can you call everybody for the same thing? Or yep. Every last one. Of, every la- and that's the best part. Every last one of y'all, I can call on the same thing. Every last one of y'all. It wouldn't even matter. That's it. And, and, and everybody gonna talk about it. And we act like it never happened. What? What never happened? Yeah. Right. Exactly. We would go to lunch, and all was good. 
It's crazy. I'm so glad I got to do this. I am too. Okay, I'm gonna let you go. Go get the baby. Don't. I mean, don't right. hug her to death. Right. Just <laughs> ain't putting hands on her. Don't. Don't right. squeeze her to death. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to take the time to thank my guest Courtney for bringing light to subjects that a lot of people don't want to talk about and also just to show people there's another way of living a healthy life and if you would like to be on Worldly Church Girl click the link below and shoot me an email and let's see what we can do with this thing and as always Thanks for listening to your one and only Worldly Church Girl.